I just love to see that Chelsea finally have those sort of shithouse players back in the squad. The players have to take a lot of responsibility for that, in my opinion. I mean, obviously the, the headline is that there's no trend, you know. But then, to a certain degree, you can understand why um, Southgate has done that. Give me how many wins we'll get. Two wins, one loss. Put your foot on it podcast. Hello everybody and welcome to episode 5 of the Put Your Foot On It podcast with your host today, Sam Clark. I'm joined by the usual today, Jack Guthrie. Hello. Luis Costa. Hi everyone. Harrison Lane. How you all doing? And finally, Lewis Blackmore. Hello. Today we'll be talking all things Champions League and Europa League, as well as England's World Cup qualifying squad. So starting with the Champions League, what are your thoughts, Jack, on the second leg results and which one stood out the most? Well, there's only really one that stood out for me, and that was Chelsea beating Atleti. Uh, I, I, it was it was a brilliant game um, from Chelsea. Uh, we played it perfectly, similarly to the first leg. We just we completely kept them out um, from their attacking chances. Rudiger and Zuma were absolutely unbelievable in that game. Yeah, there was a, a dodgy decision with the red card, but ultimately there was a bit of violent conduct though it was a little bit soft but it was it was a brilliant brilliant game and then Emerson comes on and you know shows shows Timo Werner how to finish first time you mentioned Zuma and Rudiger then Jack what about the um situation that's been going slightly viral with Hermoso and Rudiger when he sort of laughing honestly it's incredible. Uh, he's he's given it everything to Rudiger, and as soon as Zuma steps across, he's back in. Ah, uh, <laughs> I, I just love to see that Chelsea finally have those sort of shit house players back in the squad who just rattle the other other team. It, uh, it's brilliant. I was about to ask that to Harrison because we know what he's like. Um, what do you think about that sort of attitude that Chelsea have now got, and it seems to have happened through Tuchel. Oh, it's hilarious. I absolutely love it. I love it when the when players are proper shithouses, especially the centre-backs. I mean, you don't mess with players like Rudiger or Zuma anyway. And then when you're trying to, like, beef one and the other one comes along, you, you know you're screwed. If they if they wanted to, I mean, they would just eat him up. Also, uh, Jack, you mentioned the Emerson goal. Can we just say how he ruined that bloke's life on uh, Sky Sports Super 6? Yeah. Oh, what was it, 95k you would have yeah, won? Yeah, oh, 250. 250. Yeah, literally. Oh Tim God. Sherwood. Tim Sherwood is there talking and he's there like, this bloke's about to win it. And he goes, oh no. And no, Chelsea score another one. And I was like, I was watching it live on the Super 6. I, I, I couldn't believe it. That's I not the first time Super that Tim Super Sherwood's Super. done that either, is it? He's done that a couple times. I think he has. Yeah. Liverpool's um, when he said they haven't been dangerous from corners and Firmino scores the winner. That was it. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> Um, moving on to another another game that happened, the Madrid 3-1 victory over At- Atlanta. Um, Luis, as a, obviously we mentioned quite a lot, you being um, from Spain and being a uh, supporter of the Spanish league, what do you think about the Madrid result? It's good. I mean, in the Champions League, the Champions League is made of moments and you've got to take those moments, as I've mentioned in other episodes. They've done the job. Now focus up on the finals which are not going to be easy and carry carry the Spanish flag around. Did you expect it to be that easy for them? 
No, to be in all fairness, because Atalanta are dangerous. They're used to scoring more than one goal a game. But obviously one of them was a penalty, but anything goes in the Champions League, doesn't it? It does, mate. Lewis, what about your opinion on the um, Champions League results? What 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 stood out for you the most? I mean, to talk about the other two games, the Man City result and um, Bayern Munich, I mean, they both sort of breeze through their games pretty simply. So, I think, um, I can't remember who, hang on, what who did? I know De Bruyne <laughs> scored for Man City. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Unbelievable I think, goal. I think it was Gundogan, Gundogan as well. Gundogan as well, yeah. Yeah, yeah so they, they obviously just got players in form and like I've said before, they're the sort of, sort of um, you know, tight team that they are under Pep this season. You sort of expected them to win that game, really. So It's weird how they're so comfortable in games, scoring so many goals and not having a striker. Yeah. I mean, there was no sort of surprises there, really. So, yeah. Jack, you I was mentioned... loving it. I was reading um, the tweets from the Mönchengladbach um, admin, and he's like, in the quotation marks, oh, no striker. Man City don't need a striker. You don't... No other team would go into a Champions League game like that. Obviously, yes, they, they probably were already through, okay? No other team in, in world football go into a game like that with no striker. I mean, hey, De Bruyne, your... Foden... They they all can do it, but when you leave Aguero and Jesus on the bench, it it does sound stupid beforehand. I think it's because they have so much confidence defensively. I mean, you have the two centre backs that are really informed, Stones and Diaz, but then also you've got Rodri sitting back as well. You know, they've got so much confidence at the back at the moment. It just allows them to play all these different forward players, and they can just thrive really. So, Jack, you mentioned Odiola, in my opinion, because he's done it at Barcelona. At Bayern Munich, and he's doing it at City now. Yeah. No striker, and I mean, all he needs is winning the Champions League away from Barca. That's all he needs for his legacy, really, in my opinion. And if you can do it with the quadruple, even better. Yeah, Jack, you mentioned then about City not playing with a um, recognised striker, um, but then Bayern Munich, the game that we haven't touched on yet, Lewandowski and the goals again. What yeah. What's new? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's always in amongst the goals. And that's an interesting matchup against Lazio because you've got two of the premier strikers in European football. Because obviously Lazio have Chiro Immobile, who's, you know, over the past three, four years has also been banging form. But I mean, we'll talk about the, the World Cup qualifiers later where England will play Poland. But my God, he's in he's in scary form once again. And I mean... Last season, there should have been a Ballon d'Or and it should have gone to him. And he's, he just seemingly has continued that form into this year. Yeah, definitely. Just before, just before we move on, just before we move on to the Europa League, I I think now would be a good time for us five to give our shouts on who we think could win the Champions League. I'll, I'll start off, I, I honestly think Man City could do it. And I, I as much as I hate saying that as a United fan... I don't think there's any stopping them, unless you're my United, obviously, because we could beat them. But yeah, but honestly, you're not in the Champions League. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, <laughs> I think I think City. I think City will will win it. So you mentioned that then, then Harrison, with a little, another little cheeky little statement there. So we'll we'll quickly move on to the draw. So we got Bayern Munich versus PSG, which is a replay of the final last year. Then we have got Madrid, Liverpool, City, Dortmund, and Porto, Chelsea. Um, I'll come to you first, Lewis. What what do you after Harrison's statement about uh, City winning it? What do, what's your opinion? 
I mean, you know, they've got a quite a tasty affair to come with Dortmund. I mean, the chance for Haaland to sort of rip it up against an English team is quite exciting, in my opinion, because obviously, like, um, a lot of teams, have, a lot of pundits have said that Haaland could, you know, quite easily quite move to City and be good to see him against them. But also, I think, you know, some of those affairs, like Bayern PSG, like, wow, can you, like, can you imagine how brilliant that's going to be? <laughs> I mean, um, just just to put you on the spot, Lewis, because of what Harrison said as well, if you just had to pick a team now to win it, who would you choose? To be honest, I, I don't think anyone is going to be Bayern Munich, if I'm honest. I mean, just the form that team is in, Lewandowski, you say, you know, for example, but, you know, the whole team is just performing at the moment and just blitzing past every team they face at the moment. I mean, um, they're on quite a good run of games. I think, is it 17 or 18, we said before? Yeah, um, I just I just don't see anyone beating them, if I'm honest. How about yourself, Luis? What's, what's your situation? I'm not, I'm no fan of... Um... Uh, the quarter-finalists, really, uh, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Um, Porto ain't going to make it to the final, but I, I would like to see Guardiola winning it. I think it'll be a perfect uh, farewell to his project and the perfect send-off uh, for Aguero as well, uh, if he's leaving this summer. Um, Istanbul, with English fans, will be, will be class. And Jack, just to wrap up this segment on the Champions League, what's your, what's your thoughts? Well, it looks like Chelsea have the easiest route, I guess you could put it, to the final. Um, but Porto's not going to be an easy game for them. I mean, we all saw, we all talked about what they did against Juventus. They were incredible in that game. But on paper, they do have the easiest route because obviously after that, the semi-finals were also drawn. We'd play either Liverpool and Real Madrid, who both have been very up and down in terms of form across all competitions this season. But even if we got to the final, the likelihood is we'd play Bayern Munich because they're an unbelievable team. And would we beat them? Probably not. Even though our defence has shored up a lot, I just, I don't see us keeping Lewandowski out. Do you think, um, because Tuchel used to manage at Dortmund, didn't he? Do you think he might have that little sort of background on Munich? Or do you reckon they've changed too much since then for him to have that sort of one-up on them? No, I reckon they've changed too much. They brought in so many new different players into that squad and they've got a ridiculous defence that, you know, even though we've been scoring quite a few goals, we'd still struggle to break down, I think. And that even though our defence is going really well, if there's any defense, um, any attack in world football that could break us down, it is probably Bayern, Bayern Munich. Yeah. Tuchel so, lost the Champions League final. With PSG. With PSG to that Bayern Munich team. Yeah. And missing three sitters. Let's not okay. forget. Yeah. So then, Europa League, I think we're going to have to start off with what we would probably call the biggest upset. Tottenham losing 3-0 to Zagreb through an Orsic um, hat-trick and they finished it off in extra time. I mean, I'm going to put it out there already so I don't get um, mocked. I called Tottenham to win it last week. I didn't really <laughs> go to plan, did it? Uh, Harrison, what 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 do you think? I just thought Zagreb went into that knowing they needed a win, obviously, but they just went all out attack. Thought we're just going to go for it, put as many goals past them as we could. I honestly didn't expect them to do this. I know it was at their grounds, but like Orsic is a fantastic player, and he just had 
their defence on strings. But this is what happens with Mourinho when he doesn't take the competition seriously. He he rested all of his main players. Obviously, I, I believe Kane still started, but Son out due to injury. He he changed too much. He he needn't have changed the centre backs because that's I believe that's the reason they lost is changing the centre back partnership. Luis, you made a funny face. Then go on. Well, it's I mean two 0 up. Tottenham Hotspur against Dinamo Zagreb. The players have to take a lot of responsibility for that, in my opinion, because I mean they may play, they may have their uh, negative, as people call it, style of play, but the players, like the third goal, how he goes through two players, and Orsted hits it from outside the box, twenty yards out. It was embarrassing watching that. Like the players have to take a lot of responsibility. They were lazy. They were just straight up lazy. That that's that's what's um that's what's annoying about it because I I did have some agreement with you last week, Sam, without saying it, that Spurs could have gone on and won it. They're their full strength side, they're one of the best in the Europa League. But if you look at it on paper, they are up there as one of the best starting elevens. And the doesn't make any it doesn't make sense to me as much as Costa said, yeah, you've got to blame the players. Yeah, I blame the players. They were lazy. But Mourinho needs to sort himself out when it comes to that sort of thing with the whole playing a weaker team just because you're going up 2-0. That's my thought on that well, one, really. He'd never, he'd never drop a 2-0 lead in any European competition. Yeah, I know that's that's fair enough. I his squad, his squad doesn't have the depth that his other teams have had years before when he's been at Chelsea and Real Madrid, they had squad depth, but this Tottenham side don't have depth. Um, They don't have another striker other than Kane, to be honest. I don't think that Vinicius is that good. Yeah, Bell can play as a striker, so can Son. Like I said, Son was missing. Tottenham need more squad depth if they're going to battle. And Mourinho's job could be on the line now because they might not get, they might not even get Europe next year at all. This was their only chance of getting Champions League. So I, I think his job's on the line. Well, another one of my controversial moments. There we go. That's another interesting claim. Um, yeah. Now, now moving on to um, moving on to another result, which saw Roma um, go through to the draw. Um, Lewis, I remember you saying that you think Roma would probably be that sort of team that could make it put maybe push forward into the final. Um, what what do you think of their game? Yeah, I mean. Not the most straightforward win for Roma, but I mean, it's still a good result, you know, nonetheless. Uh, I think them as long as well as Ro- um, Ajax, which obviously is there. Is that the tie? I think yeah, Ajax and Roma. Yeah, yeah. So that that will be interesting, I think, because I think they're sort of the two, some of the two biggest teams in the competition still, if I'm honest. And also, they've demonstrated the most sort of credibility to win as well. And now moving on to the Arsenal game, I know they may- managed to get through. But um, Jack is sort of a, a person that probably wouldn't be the biggest supporter of Arsenal. What do you make of that result? I mean, it's not been a good week for, for English or, or British uh, football fans, really, has it? Three of the British teams losing. I mean, I know two of them have still gone through. But Arsenal losing to Olympiacos, you know, we we saw it last year. And they were just, they were flat in their performance again. Couldn't find the back of the net. And Olympiacos had a red card as well. So coming up against 10 men. But yeah, Arsenal have been so shaky this season. And when you look at the English teams now left in, 
Arsenal still in, Man United still in. You take a look at the other teams, like Lewis has said, you know, Roma or Ajax have looked strong. They're probably going to struggle to win this competition. Yeah. And before I move on to a more controversial topic, which I might speak to Luis more about, Harrison, Milan United, did you expect United to get that victory? No, straight up, no. Um, if we just go off the... If the game ended in the first half yesterday, Man United should have just walked off the pitch, really, and not came back on. They were honestly shocking. But um, Oli making a good tactical decision. Every now and then they do them, like we've had those nights in Paris where we've gone on and done really well. Bringing on Pogba, it not only shored up the midfield with other players being able to drop back in, but him playing as a centre-forward, which I don't think as a United player, he's done that much at all, maybe never. He played absolutely fantastic. Six weeks out from injury, and you would not have thought that he'd been injured. And top it off, getting a goal with inside two minutes, he, he unbelievable. Um May not need to do a lot more if they're going to win this competition. No offense to the to the to the team they got to play in the quarters, Granada, who, if by just by looking at the draw, Granada and maybe Slavia Prague are probably the two lowest ranked teams in the competition. But if May United somehow get past that Granada, there is no way they are beating Ajax or Roma in the semis. So that's another it'll be another semi-final loss for um for Oli at May United. I don't want to drop you in it, Harrison, but um, when we had our little group chat going about um, sort of like the the World Cup qualifying squads, you weren't too pleased that the France team chose Pogba to go there. But do you, I know it's, it's one goal, but do you think Pogba sort of proved as to what sort of influence he could have on the team? Yeah, um, if I'm being totally honest, when I when I said this, I still thought until Costa said that um, he was out injured. I I didn't do my checks before the United game. I didn't know he was even going to be in the squad last night. I still thought he was out, just like Martial's still out. But I still don't think he should have been chosen for the France squad. They've they've got enough players. I mean, if you even if you look at their under twenty one squad, they're looking at in a minute. They could have brought up Husaleoar, anyone in that midfield there. Um, I just don't want him to get injured again because my United have fallen off massively in the last six weeks since he's been injured again, which is the same as happened last season. We need to keep him fit. So I just hope France do make sure that he's not burnt out across their three games. Yeah. And then moving on to the final game that we haven't really mentioned. I know we've sort of not really mentioned Molder versus Granada, but we, we know the result of that one. The Rangers-Prague game, Rangers losing 2-0 and going down to nine men. But it got marred by a bit of a a, a not very nice situation. And Luis, what, what's your sort of opinion on that? What what Do you think they've done the right thing by staying on the pitch or...? What was, to be fair, it was the 89th minute. So, I mean, um, they don't well finish the game off. Um, and now you get all the allegations from the Slavia Prague camp saying that Kamara and more players beat up, uh, I forgot his name, completely lost his name, the player that was allegedly yeah. racist towards Kamara. And they defend this, I saw people defending. Uh, the comments on the fact that Ruth tro- uh, well, physically attacked, attempted murder, as they called it, I saw on social media, uh, on their goalkeeper. And it's, uh, it doesn't look great. And UEFA have to do their, their investigation because he, he, it doesn't look great. Obviously, watching live, 
um, you don't know because you couldn't hear it properly. But do you think the Slavia Prague player didn't really help himself by running over, covering his mouth, and then supposedly saying what he said? We don't know what he said. And if he was racist, he he will get, he should get, he must get a really hefty fine and a ban. Yeah. He's ruined. Um, he's, he's ruined. 100% ruined. There's yeah. no way, uh, I just want to weigh in, there is no way... He said something not racist. The 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 reaction, the reaction from Kamara, and then I mean, there's there's one bloke on that Rangers team you don't want to mess with is Goldson. Exactly. When when he was told what was said and he ran over, I thought he was going to rip his head off and kick it. Like, and he should have. I, I like Gerard said, he believes every word that Kamara has said, and I think any football fan in the world should. I think it's it's damn right disgusting, especially at the minute. Yeah, that it's happening. Gerard did, Gerard did incredibly well in the post-match um, interview because when they started talking about, you know, are you disappointed with the result? He was like, I don't care because there's something bigger than football that's happened yeah. in this game. And, and you know, something like that is something you need to shed light on and get to the bottom of. And like Costa said, there will be some sort of ban. There will be some sort of hefty fine. And... You know, UEFA just have to really stamp their mark now and say this isn't tolerated. And as well, I think with um, I don't know if you guys saw, but Rian Brewster put something up on his Instagram story about getting racial abuse. And I just think all of us here would agree. Look, it just needs to be cut out. Like people don't gain any; they shouldn't gain anything from being this abusive to players. And like race shouldn't matter. So like I just. It's just one of them scenarios that I just don't get why that's brought into this football game, especially when play, people that might be giving this abuse to people have black people in their in their team. It just it just doesn't really make sense. But we'll we'll move on anyway to the um, the draw. So I'll start with you, Lewis. What what do you reckon is the most tasty affair of there? I think you did mention it a minute ago, but. But what what do you expect to come from that? Yeah, game? no, I I I stick by what I said earlier by Ajax and Roma. I just think arguably two of the strongest teams left in the competition, and just be good to see them pit their wits against each other. To be honest, I yeah yeah. Think and Jack, to be honest, I can't really add much more on to to what Lewis has just said. You know, there's some really really good tasty matchups. You know, arguably tastier than than the Champions League ones, but particularly. Uh, the Roma Ajax will be one to keep your eye out on. And I'm going to throw the big question to Harrison and Luis, purely for the fact of what we've done with the Champions League. Out of the teams that are left, I'll go with you first, Luis. Who's going to win? Who do you think will win? You know, as a Barca fan, I have fond affection for Ajax, so um, I want to see them. I want to see them win it. And Harrison, who I think will win it, Ajax. Oh, I want to win it. United ain't going to happen. But yeah, it's it, it's Ajax. And if not, it's Roma. I don't see it going any other way. I agree with Lewis. That's the tastiest affair in the, in the quarters. And that's the winner is in that tie. Cool. Yeah, Sam, before we move on, sorry, yeah. I didn't have a chance to say it earlier. Um, Slavia Prague didn't really help themselves um, by claiming all these allegations that they were attacked and all this, that if they were, it's obviously shameful and needs to be investigated. But the way they defended their player by saying, and excuse my language, he went over to Kamara and said, you fucking guy. 
you don't you don't run 30 40 yards just to say that and what what does that mean it doesn't mean anything exactly. does it you guy yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what, what, what a horrible insult you know come on like none of them words mean a single thing like so, i get if it, maybe if he doesn't speak english but he's he's not he doesn't add up uh, like, like you said Luis, like we don't know what he did say but if we have to, if we want to, in a way, believe what Kamara said, because he shouldn't lie about that sort of thing, you're not going to run that far and not say something that Kamara said that he said for no, like for no reason. It, it's just, it's just unbelievable he- behaviour, really. It's a shame because they want a fair and square on the pitch. Exactly, exactly. Right, so let's move on. I'm not even going to really open this up with a question. I'm just going to throw it to the floor. The World Cup qualifying squad. Who wants to go first and tell me their opinions of what they think? Well, I, if I could start, I mean, it's certainly an interesting one to say this. I mean, I don't really agree with a lot, but a lot of people are saying they're saying, "Oh, this is nothing like it would be for the Euros." Well, of course it isn't because there's so many injuries, etc. And also, you know, there's so much time before the Euros. You know, in terms of the season. So, you know, there's time for players to make their mark, yeah, and get up to that Euro squad. I mean, obviously the the headline is that there's no Trent, you know. But then, to a certain degree, you can understand why um, Southgate has done that, because there are other right-backs in the league that are in much better form, if I'm honest, you know. Think of Reese James. Think of, I don't know, Trippier. And then Walker as well, if they put Walker him there well, into this yeah. right centre-back, yeah. It's, you know, I mean, to a certain degree, it's a bit hard on Trent that there, there are so many right-backs that are English in the league. I mean, look at look at Wamba Saka. He misses out completely. So, you know, it's yeah, not even chucked into the mix. So. He's Congo, isn't he? Say that again, sorry, Luis. He's going to go over to Congo, isn't it? DR Congo. But yeah, yeah I, I, I think so. Degree, because of, you know... It, it, being, I think it was something like if he didn't yeah. get into the World Cup squad, he, he'd consider it or something mm-hmm. like that. And also, I think... Uh, the Euro squad, even. Yeah, yeah. I think a, a really positive one is seeing Ollie Watkins in there. I mean, as a, you know, as we all come from Devon, it's nice to see someone from Devon in the England squad. Just, and the uh, thing is, I, I was going to say... He's, he's earned it, hasn't he? What's that? He's earned it, hasn't he? Like, yeah, there's yeah, no absolutely. doubt that he hasn't, he hasn't earned it. No, absolutely. He's definitely earned it. And, you know, I mean, a lot of people were quite joyed to see he got that move to Aston Villa in the summer. And, I mean, he's really demonstrated what he can do in the Premier League. But also, it's quite interesting to see how far he's come in so little time. I can remember him playing for like Western Supermare in like National League South only a couple of years ago. Yeah. So, no, it's good. It's it's a sort of you're getting on the sort of Jamie Vardy story ish, you know. But yeah, it's it's good to see someone like that in the England squad. You mentioned Watkins there, Lewis. I mean, he, um, him, and Johnston from West Brom got their first call ups to the squad, and we we touched on it in I think it was episode two or three maybe about the England goalkeeper scenario and I don't think any of us mentioned Johnston so who wants to pipe up about that and give um, us their give I'll, us I'll weigh, in, I'll weigh in here because I, I said I was the one person that said about Darlow being one of the goalkeeper choices yeah absolutely and I don't understand why he's not in the in this squad right now um Johnston's playing for the team that's second bottom okay clearly not a very good defense yeah 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 the defense hasn't helped him. Darlow's not in mu- a much better team, but I would have loved to have seen Darlow be given a chance. I, I, 
I don't really know why Johnston's gone in there. Like he's he's a good shot stopper, like hundred percent. But I think Starlow's a better all round keeper. Probably eight. I, I'm gonna pipe up here. I mean, I know we're all fans of the Peter Crouch podcast. I don't know if you've listened to the one about stats, but they mentioned that you can sway stats to sort of suit the suit the narrative. And I think Johnston's got one of the best um, save percentage ratios in the Premier League. I mean, he's faced the most, probably faced the most shots because of the team that he's yeah. played for. So, do you reckon that's probably favoured him because they've sort of thought, oh, well, his performances in them games where he's faced most shots has helped him out in this scenario? I think to a certain degree, though, you can see from Southgate's perspective, maybe to play devil's advocate here a bit, obviously, uh, you know, Pickford would be there in normal times if he wasn't injured. But do you think to a certain degree, look, it's the World Cup qualifiers, one of the games is San Marino, he might get a start, you know, just to see how he fares. You know, maybe if he concedes a couple of goals, maybe he'll never get picked again. But, you know... I mean, against against San Marino, you could play him up front and he'd do well. (laughs) True. But, you know, I, I think... Southgate is just trying to be fair in a way. We'll move on to the um, defenders now, Luis. Um, I'm sure you've probably seen who they've chosen. Is there any standouts for you? Well, not really a surprise by from Southgate, really, in my opinion. I think, obviously, the surprises were more in the in the goal and up front, yeah. uh, with Bamford not getting picked. But defence... You play against San Marino, Albania, and Poland. You take your base. Uh, obviously, you've got Stones there now, yeah. uh, who will probably play along Maguire, uh, or swapping with Mings, or play with a back three. Uh, who knows? But San Marino, Albania, you can't really get much out of them. Them sort was, of team, really. I was going to say, because Stones and Shaw of what we'd probably be called like they've been recalled to the squad and and well-deserved, really, because we have mentioned them two players for our Euro squad. Um, Jack, I'm going to come to you for this one. Jesse Lingard. I mean, he he, he deserves his spot in the squad. You know, he, he's been brilliant for West Ham. But sticking with the midfield front, I am so baffled by the choice of having Jude Bellingham in the squad. Ridiculous! He, because he, he's not done much for, for Borussia Dortmund this season anyway. He's played a few games, but like I don't think he's done anything that would reward him that that spot. I, I not, only, not only that, but doesn't he have to self-isolate as well? Was Is it afterwards or is it even before? Afterwards, yeah. Afterwards, if he wants to go back to Germany, which obviously he will, I, it just it makes absolutely no sense. I mean, you you say that, um, Jack. Who who would we replace Bellingham with if if we had our own choice? Would who who would who would who wants to go? Who wants to Jack Grealish? I mean, obviously Jack Grealish. If he's but he's if injured, he's not injured. I was going to say, obviously, if the there problem... was players injured, there are a lot of players you could put in there. Obviously, Barnes is another one. Uh, Madison, you know, players like that. Look, yeah, the biggest problem we've had so far is the fact that you know everyone has been injured. Yeah. But even if we didn't take Bellingham, you know, Bukayo Saka, who's been uh, listed as one of the forwards, could drop back there and play in midfield. I just want to chime in there. Why the hell is Saka a class as a forward? Because Harrison, Harrison, he's been, I'm pretty sure from my recollection, he's been put defender, midfield and forward in every single squad. Like, I feel like he's just been mixed around because they don't know where he goes. But well, I, what, 
just one, just quickly from me, from what yeah. um, Jack said then about Bellingham with Saka, surely they, in a way, in my opinion, they should have, like Jack said, Saka for Bellingham, then Bamford. Bamford in and up oh, top, yeah. yeah. I, think, I think that's one we probably could all agree on, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, because if you look at, if you do look at the forwards, we've got uh, Calvert-Lewin and Kane are the two straight up centre forwards because Watkins has had a history throughout his career of moving out to the wing, especially when he was at Brentford because of Mbwemo and Benrama. Yeah. Sterling, Saka, Rashford, none of those are strikers. So we've theoretically gone with two, only two straight up centre forwards. And if you go off of stats, we mentioned about Johnston, Bamford's it has been technically better than Watkins this season. And and it's the it's the first season that Watkins has done this well in the Premier League because he had his chances before. Um, we mentioned about injuries. Um, I'd say just from my opinion, there's three players missing that are unfit or injured that would slot straight in, and that's Sancho, Grealish, and Jordan Henderson. And I would re- I would replace Bellingham, uh, Watkins, and probably just due to like form and stuff would be Lingard would drop out for Grealish, uh, Bellingham for Henderson and Sancho for Watkins. If I, what if about Ward-Prowse? What's that? Sorry. What about Ward-Prowse? Oh, he hands down. He goes in there for me. I, I said this before. I, mm. I think that position, he's the best in the, in our country. The only reason I say it is because you mentioned form, but Southampton are down there and West Ham are up, the, up near the top. I, they're different positions, though. Hundred percent. Like Lingard, theoretically, isn't really a midfielder or an attacker. He's another one in, in between, like Grealish, like Mounts. There's not like uh, uh, Ward Prowse and Calvin Phillips are probably the two players that will will probably switch between. I think for um for Southgate because they're I both think, alike. I think another one. Oh, I don't know if you wanted to add to that, Sam, but I was going to say um I think another one people will take in umbrage with is Eric Dyer being included because you know. I think Harrison, you might have mentioned this on a previous episode, but Henry Konza, you know, is another player that could well have been called up. Yeah, hundred percent. I've I've got a list because I'm I'm that guy. I've got a list um, <laughs> of two centre backs who, at this moment in time, are in superb form. Over, so I I've got listed here. Dyer and Cody, I don't think should be in the squad just due to current form. And I would have put Esri Konza and Michael Keenan. I don't understand why either of those players haven't been included, especially Michael Keane. He has been an absolute godsend for Everton this season. He's, I just think he's been, he wouldn't start straight up in a, in a main 11 because of um, Mings, Maguire, Stones. And if Joe Gomez was fit, which sounds like he isn't going to be, he'd be in there. But I think Michael Keane is our next best centre-back after the main three. Yeah, I think there was news that both Van Dyke and Joe Gomez were going to be out for the Euros. Yeah. So I'm big, just going to big losses. I'm going to wrap this up with one more question, and I'll I'll mainly go to Luis and Jack for this because Lewis and Harrison gave us some good opinions on that. Then, do you think Gareth Southgate has a problem with going for sort of people that have got well-known names and are more in the in the media eye? He will. He does. He will not listen to football Twitter or whatever the media says, which is what I like about him. He. How long did it take for Jack Grealish to really make his stamp? A few years, hasn't it? I, that's what I like about Southgate, and he's got his own personality, and he doesn't follow the crowd. So 
I forgot where the question was, but <laughs> no, you you pretty much did answer. But I was just saying, do you think he some like from some of these decisions that he's made for this squad, like the Dyer, and maybe maybe Bellingham because he's in the in the public eye quite a lot recently. Do you think he goes more for name than he does sort of the way the form's been? Well, Bellingham's a class player in my opinion, so I'm not. I mean, the only thing that's dodgy is the quarantine. Yeah. That's only 50-50. And Dyer is more, he's got the experience. He's been he's been to uh, two major tournaments with England. So I think, but then, as I said before, it's San Marino, Albania, and Poland. Yeah. So, and yeah. Jack? I, I'd, I'd echo what Costa's said there. Um, he's named a lot of people who have already been to major tournaments with England and have already been to major tournaments under Southgate with England which is massively important. I mean, Kieran Trippier has been brilliant this season. I know he's only fairly recently come back from injury, but obviously we knew, we know exactly what he's done on the world stage. That unbelievable free kick is still the high point in my entire life. But I think Southgate is good for not really paying too much attention to the media and and taking the flack away from the players and putting himself in the firing line to take the pressure off them. There are probably a couple of choices where you'd say he's just making sure he's got that experience. The people that he knows have already played under him and know the style so that he can bring in the newer players, the likes of the Watkins, Bellingham, so that they can eventually fit in and they still have those leadership figures that know exactly what they're doing. Basically like generals on the pitch that will tell you exactly where you need to be, where and when. And Jack, um, uh, no, not Jack, Harrison, just to finish us off, we did mention sort of about how Poland might be our sticky game. Give me your, we're obviously playing the three games, give me how many wins we'll get. Two wins, one loss. Two wins, one loss, that one loss to Poland. Oh, no, no, San Marino. No, no, uh, Poland, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't I think, imagine the none, same. none of our, our centre-backs are going to cope with Lewandowski uh, at the minute. No way. Oh, they will get the sack if he loses to San Marino. <laughs> <laughs> On the spot. <laughs> right then I think that's all we got time for tonight then lads that's the Put Your Foot On It podcast there we go good evening and we'll see you next week Put Your Foot On It podcast